last time on Join the Party. The party gets their meeting with Representative Shields, but they don't last long before they get kicked out. Anara goes off to gather information from the guard's break room. I am going to take the notebook and put it in the back of my belt and cover it with my tunic. <gasps> well, that's another crit one, fam. While Johnny sneaks into the representative's office. I will cast invisibility on myself. Where he hears Alonzo promise to make things right in Antopolis. All right, yes, let's get, I'm going to get my team together. We're going to take care of this. We'll take out the blackfish. We're going to take out the bonefish. I'm going to do it. I'm going to punch him. I'm going to kick him. It's going to be great. All right, won't let you down, sir. I love it when a plan comes together. Let's get the party started. As you make it back to the giant mistake, you walk inside and Alonzo is in a frenzy. All of the hungover teens are still there. <laughs> so he's getting them all to like prepare stuff for him. Like some of them are putting food together in sacks. Other of them are shining his shoes and packing up his bag. And he's just directing them all quickly, pointing like a semaphore captain. Hephaestus is filling up a very large tankard. Um, no, when you look at it again, it's a very large bucket of, gator- nice. of Gatorade that he has on tap. Is that a special flavor of wine? No, it's Gatorade. Oh. <laughs> is that, yeah. Wait, would Tallahassee like that? Would he, or would Tallahassee oh, produce that? Oh, God. Woo, yeah, Tallahassee was very into Gatorade. Huh. Write, that <laughs> down. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. Alonzo sees you all come in. He's like, all right, yes, we're going we're to do this. We are going to save Antopolis, just like I said we were going to do. We're gonna go over there. We're gonna get. We're gonna kill the bone whale. We're going to set the giant straight, and we're gonna do it all right now. So you guys pack your things. Ten minutes. Let's go. Hey, Alonzo. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you actually know how to do any of those things? Or I mean, we can figure it out. No one else knows. I mean, but we can do it. I mean, Representative Shields has told me everything we needed to know. And I mean, we got our team together, and we. I mean, we got it. We got it. What What did he tell you? Um, let's see. Uh, he told me that, um, the giant was helpful to them and going a little crazy. Uh-huh. And the bone whale is bad. Uh-huh. And a big, big monster that we can punch in the face. Representative Shield said I could punch the bone whale in the face, just so you know. And he also gave me, um, some stuff to help us out. Um, we have, uh, we got two ships. That we can go across the river with, like, two boats, the canoes. Okay, they're like canoes. They're like rowboats. We have two rowboats to get across. <laughs> and he even gave us some extra help. He said um, we can send over uh, to the city guard if we need if we need extra bodies. I don't think we do need that. I, I think we need one, and his name is Evan. But other than that, that's pretty much it. But Evmeister. The- I'm also a little concerned that several members of the city guard were killed by the giant, and they couldn't do anything to stop it. Maybe we should focus on the blackfish, because they seem to be stirring up trouble in town, and that seems a little more our speed. And honestly, going against the bone whale with such meager preparation will not keep you safe. Alonzo thinks about that for a second. He's like, okay, here's everything I know about all these things. 
I studied all the stuff, you know, with James. I was very good at studying. And here's what I got. If we, the giant, right? The giant charms people, and then he can turn them to stone. Mm-hmm. So if we just resist that, should be fine, and um, we'll be okay with that. So that's one. Do, Two. do you remember that you were charmed? Yes, that's just, why I know that. Okay, just pointing out the the, the flaw in your plan there. Right, but bit. like okay. we can like tie each other together, like with rope, mm-hmm. and like we'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's one. That's really Two. smart, and we have a, a a big warforge with us that can probably walk all of us over toward the giant if he gets charmed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, that's it. I mean, that would be. I mean, well, then we can all work together. It'll be fine. We we got it. We got it. Two. The everyone knows that the bone whale only comes out when it rains, and if you look outside, he gestures out of the window. It is perfectly clear. So if we make our move right now, like in the next few, like 10, 15 minutes, we can get over there. We won't deal with the bone whale. The giant's obviously having some sort of like mental breakdown. We can deal with that and it'll be fine. But not to put another wrench in your plan, it seems that the weather here changes unexpectedly just on a whim as it did uh, uh, last time when the sky was clear and we started crossing the river and then the bone whale appeared. So... You're describing two things now that happened last time, and you're expecting it with no extra prep for it to go differently. And we're not going after the source of the problem. We're going after the, the symptoms. If we don't decapitate the blackfish, they can bring the bone whale back. Well, okay. Uh, you've just given me a bunch of reasons why this thing won't work. Do you have any other plan? Because if not, I think I'm the leader of this uh, expedition here, and we should go with this one. <laughs> We actually do have a plan. There's an ex-member of the Guard who was sacrificed to the Blackfish, who's given us some information that could lead us towards more members of the Blackfish and hopefully help us deal with the Bone Whale as well. Um, okay, so your idea is to trust a zombie? Because that's what you just said, is that he was dead and then he wasn't. Right now, he's the only lead we have that changes the equation from what happened last time. I have no problem trying again against the giant and against the whale. But without the help of someone new, we would not be doing anything different, and we would just be repeating the mistakes that the city guard made in the past and we made in the past. So why don't we try to at least talk to this guy again, see what his plan is. We know that he's a bit temperamental, but... A little murdery. You know, with your guidance, you can probably keep his cool, and together we can find out the root of the problem. All right. Roll persuasion. I'll give you plus two. Ha! Well, it's a good thing my persuasion's an eight, because I got two. Twelve. Oh, God. You got a two and then rolled a twelve? I got mm-hmm. plus two, and I have an eight. Eight is too many. That's amazing. <laughs> hmm. All right, Alonzo chews on his lip for a second uh, and sighs. He's like, all right, I guess meeting a zombie guy would be pretty cool. I just, fine, but can we go, like, right after we meet him? We're going to just take him and go across? I'll tell you this. Regardless of what happens with our friend Jamie, we will tackle one of the problems tonight. How's that for a deal? Can I talk to him first? Yeah, we're talking no. to him. We're talking to him as a group. Yeah, but like, can I talk to him no. first? He doesn't know you. He knows us. So we talk to him as a group. Hmm. 
in that group, you can say the first hi, and then we'll, we'll we follow with more highs, and then the actual information. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. I guess that that's called compromise. <laughs> Alonzo, remember we are here to help you, and we know that you're the champion and the leader of this uh, little group here. But you have to trust us that our advice is not coming from a place of wanting to stop you. It's while unification of the concentric states is obviously the goal, our three goal is your safety. And, you know, we need to do a better job of it. And we are worried now that things are getting a little uh, fishy. Harry? Oh, no, wait, that was giant. Never mind. Both. Harry and fishy. <laughs> Ew. Okay, cool. I like it. Alonzo concedes to that. He's like, okay, well, I'm still going to keep everyone prepared. This is a very fun having a random team of people to work for me. Oh, of course. And in fact, Festus is going to bring us some more wine buckets to help the kids. Nice. Are we giving underage children alcohol? Yes. They were in the bar earlier drinking, so I'm assuming that they can drink. Or but- they just don't check IDs here. I'm assuming they can drink, so I will provide to them buckets of wine. All right, before you're going to go meet Jamie at nightfall, is there anything you want to do? Well, I've expended a spell slot that I very much would like back, so I'm going to take a short rest and using that time to meditate and communicate with the Undying Light. Cool. So I'm going to hang out with the teens a little bit, learn some new cool phrases and slangs and hand gestures, maybe some, some dabbing. <laughs> and then I'm going to sneak away just for a second and open the book of the times to come to see if anything has changed now that we're in a whole new situation. And I'm going to take a walk around the city with Oatcake just nearby, see if there's any graffiti, any street urchins, anyone kind of whispering stuff about the blackfish that we could put to use. I like that. And I think we should also probably send one of the teens to go get Evan for tonight. Yes. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Anara, you're going to go for a walk with Oatcake. Do you have a leash for Oatcake? Nope, she doesn't need a leash, and she can also just blink out of it at whatever time she wants. Oh, that's a very good point. <laughs> you can't leash a blink dog man. You can't leash a cloud. You can't leash a rainbow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you go for a stroll with Oatcake. Okay, is in a totally different city, so she's sniffing every single thing that she sees. Heck yeah. And it's taking you like 20 minutes to walk like 10 feet because Okay is just like all over everything. Well, that's okay. I want to make sure that there isn't any thieves can, any graffiti or sort of urchins skulking around that we, I can ask questions to. So I'm also going to be looking around at all the walls as Okay is sniffing out the new scents. Sure. Antopolis is a pretty spotless city, as you've seen before. The fact that it's already carved with these runes that you've seen all over both cities on either side of the river makes it a little difficult to write graffiti on it, intentional or otherwise. But as you are walking around, you do see paint, like spray painted in certain areas that you wouldn't expect, like in hidden corners. Like there's one behind a window shutter, and as the wind blows, like the window shutter comes through, and it says, who fishes the blackfish? Ooh, who indeed? And you walk more in different places. There's one like on the bottom of a lamp post that is just like a very big fish. It's a pictogram of a fish. And you start to see those fish everywhere. Now that you know like where they are and you're looking for hidden stuff, you're starting to see it everywhere. Is there a pattern to where they are or it's just kind of randomly tagged? 
Yeah, as you walk forward, the fish are actually starting to clump up. It's like you see one every so often, and then they get closer and closer together, like they're creating a school of fish. Are they creating the image of a larger fish to scare sharks away? (laughs) Yes. And it gets closer and closer. And then you're starting to see that this fish, this school of fish, is swimming somewhere. Like you're seeing it like bob and weave throughout buildings up and down. And then you come to a corner with a small alley and you only see the tail of the fish. I walk into the alleyway. Give me an adjective for how you walk into the alleyway. Cautiously. Nice. Okay. Make a stealth roll. It's a crit fail. (laughs) Come on! Come on! I'm a rogue! Why? Good lord. As you were trying to sneak into the alley, Oatcake blinks into existence at your feet, and you just trip over Oatcake, and you fall dramatically. One of your shoes fly off and hit a trash can and makes an extremely loud bang, Mm -hmm. and your pants fall down a little bit. Sounds right. (laughs) I'm obviously going to scramble up as quickly as I can, put my shoe back on, and tell Oatcake to come closer. As you pick Oatcake up in your arms, you see that the wall that you're looking at of the alley has massive graffiti on it. And actually, it's like you said before, all of the little fish have now congregated into symbols, and you realize that it's Thieves' Camp. What does it say? The first picture is the picture of a knife. The second picture is a rude pictogram of a half-orc. But the third one and the fourth one are both very large pictures of fish. And the last one is a picture of a unicorn. Anara, can you do an intelligence roll for me? Well, let's see if I can roll anything. All right. Eight plus five for 13. I'm smart sometimes. That was very, that was good. The knife, obviously, is representing kill. And you realize that that is, in fact, a half work. And you can probably put that one together. But you look at the unicorn, which is like the weirdest one out of all five, and you see that the horn is like very lightly bolded and Mm -hmm. circled. Well, I'm thinking about Callie right away. There you go. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so on my way back from the alley, if I see any urchins, I just want to ask them if they've heard of Flip Day, and I'm going to ask it kind of like quietly and aloof, like not as if I'm asking for my own self, which I am, but just say like, hey, have you heard heard of Flip Day? Do you guys celebrate that? Oh, it hasn't made its way? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Well, you know, maybe you'll hear of it soon. (laughs) Yeah, all the orphans you go up to say, "Mm, sorry, mom, haven't heard of it, and run (laughs) and walk away. Cool. And you get that five times. I buy them a half penny of uh, hard candies. (laughs) That's very good. That is a very good choice. Tracy, hey. What up? All right, Tracy. Yes. You learn something from the teens called floofing. <laughs> and floofing is just, it's actually a thing that the teens made up to, like, annoy their parents. Great. It doesn't actually mean anything, but you can just, like, add floofing to things so that everything sounds more sinister. So I can just be like, all right, Mom, I'm going to go out and do some floofing. I'll see you later. And the, the teens and the, their parents are like, what? You're floofing? Yeah. A yeah. question. So the verb is to, to floof? floof. To floof. Okay. But floofing is making your parents nervous by using the term floof. You're such a floof, mom. I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Johnny is very disappointed by this event. 
Well, Johnny does not know what a floof is. If you think that this Tracy's not going to call you a floof for the rest of this game, <laughs> th- you're this incorrect, is why, Dad. This is why Johnny is very disappointed in these events. <laughs> Tracy, you walk over to a corner of the room, and you open up the book. Explain that to me. So I think I've ordered a hot beverage from Hephaestus. What is the hot beverage that Hephaestus thinks I need? Hot bucket of wine? <laughs> hot hot bucket Malt. of mulled wine. That would actually be delicious. Hephaestus puts both hands on your shoulders and his central eye like bobs and grows in the center of his head. And he says, ah, I know what you need. And <laughs> it's a hot bucket of Gatorade. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Let, let's play, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Go team. <laughs> he, slides, he slaps you on the back. And then I guess Tallahassee comes alive and drinks the Gatorade. Oh. All right. That's, that's, that's good. And you just pour the Gatorade into the bag, and you look in, and it's gone. <laughs> no, see, it's a bucket, right? I just put the bucket on the floor, and Tallahassee slurps up the Gatorade. Yeah, Tallahassee turns yeah. into um, an alligator and then just drinks it on your feet. Yeah. And burps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the stuff that you put inside of Tallahassee vaguely smells like Gatorade now. Just you <laughs> know. What flavor? Um, green. What is wrong with you? It's cool blue or nothing. <laughs> Obviously. Thank you, Brandon. Fine. It smells like blue. You open Play up. Playtime's over! <laughs> <laughs> so what's it like when you open up the book? How do you do it? I think I've taken a corner table with a single chair in the back. And there's a just a single candle on the table. And I pop the book open on the table. Kind of flip through the pages quickly at first. See if anything happens. And then just start from page one if nothing does happen. Right. As you flip through the pages, all of them are blank when you just like go quickly through them. When you go to the first page, you see the same thing that you saw before. The same lines, and nothing has changed. I flip to the back of the book, the last page. Yeah, there, yeah there's nothing there. Only the first page has stuff on it. Hey, Hephaestus, you got a pen? Uh, yeah, I think I got something behind the bar, and he throws you a pen. It's a clicky pen. Tracy clicks it on and off a few times to make sure it's working, and then turns to page two and just writes, what's next? As your pen touches the page, you feel an overwhelming sense of dread. You are now expecting the worst. Like, the next move that you are going to make is going to be the thing that sets off whatever calamity you see happening with the book. And uh, Tracy, you get a penalty, but I'm going to tell you what that is when it happens. I close the book slowly, slide it back into my bag, sit there for a second, kind of trying to, to resolve the dread I feel, walk back over to the teens, say, what's floofing? And all the teens go, ah, Tracy. Uh, high fives all around. Hey, high fives all around. So Johnny goes up to his room and sits down cross-legged and begins to meditate with the lantern of the undying light in front of him. And he wishes to ask a question or more, hopefully, of the undying light. Let's find out how many by rolling the d4. And it's a one. But that's fine. Yeah, you can ask one question of the Undying Light. Okay. The The members of the City Guard and the government of Antopolis seem to have leaned away from the light and towards the darkness. 
Who should we trust and who should we be wary of? Trust those who cannot speak well. Be wary of those with horns upon them. Jonathan, I want you to make a dexterity roll. 15 plus 3 for an 18. Johnny, as you're becoming aware of your surroundings again, out of the corner of your eye, you see that flash of shadow again that you recognize from the ship. And this time, you're quick enough. You grab the lantern with both hands, and reaching behind you, you slam it on top of you see that flash of shadow. And for the first time, you get a good look at this thing. It is really exactly that. It is a shadow in the shape of the lantern. It's crackling at the edges like someone is currently drawing it in pencil as it's moving. And it is hissing at you. Hmm. Can I, before I do any kind of action, just talk to it? So it's hissing at you. So I don't know if you want to talk. Why don't you roll persuasion for it? That's a 17 plus 8. Whoa. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Harbinger of death, symbol of evil and hate. Why do you haunt me, and why do you try to stop my connection with the light? This is the path that you must take. The side soon, Lightbringer, is acceptance or annihilation. Acceptance of what? Of me, of course. If acceptance of you means talking to you, how do I talk to you again? You can always ask me in the dark. I know there's someone traveling with you who might have something involved in that. Well then, until next time. And I cast light on where the shadow is so that there's no shadow creating the light and it's just light. You cast light on the lantern. It's the brightest white you can muster. And it even kind of blinds you a little bit. You can't really look directly at it. But as you look back, the uh, shadow is gone. And you hear resonating through the room. Hey, it's Eric. Now, this is not about the new year, but a moment during New Year's Eve. You're with your friends or family, or maybe snuggled under a blanket watching Anderson Cooper. And you look around and you realize how old you are and that you've made it. You remember your parents having New Year's parties when you were small, and you didn't know why they would stay up that late. And now it's you at like 1149, drinking champagne and wearing silly hats and glasses, and it's all up to you about how you spend your time. And that feeling, that pride of just making it there, is here. Welcome to the mid-roll. I brought seven-layer dip. Now, we shall loudly shout out our new patrons from December. Sarah, Alex, Joe, Candace Smutpunks, Siobhan, 
Maggie Rose, Dixon Brown, Megan, Ben Ingram, Zachary Dean, and WWW Will Williams. God damn, we love you guys from the bottom of our harmonica pockets. For as little as $1 an episode, you can get access to our patron-only Discord and so, so, so much more. But if you want to help out for $0, we have two ways to do it. We have more than 100 reviews on iTunes. We did it, y'all. We've only been at, at this for like half a year, and I'm just stunned by the support that everyone has given. If you want to give a little bit more, just go to iTunes or your Apple podcast app, find the ratings, which is somewhere in there because the UI is trash, and give us five stars. It really helps and will help us get in front of more people in 2018. And two, just like recommend us. Tell someone about the podcast. The power of word of mouth is actually the best way to get someone to listen to a podcast. So tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a really nice barista or a game store employee. Just like download, join the party for them on their app and just like get them to listen to it. We are sponsored this week by 20 Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York. And I need to give you a recommendation for my favorite board game, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. If you like monster movie tropes, pretending you're in a monster movie, or you like games with insane replay value, this is for you. You explore a haunted mansion, gain mysterious items and omens, and weather strange events. But halfway through the game, everything changes when a betrayer emerges and turns the game into a scenario from a horror film. With 50 scenarios to try, 50 more in the expansion, which I highly recommend, you can keep playing and playing and playing. And best of all, there's a D&D inspired version now, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Instead of horror movie tropes, we're trafficking in fantasy intrigue. I got it for Candle Nights this year, and I am so excited to play. You can get that at 20 Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, my local favorite gaming store. Email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com with any of your gaming questions, and co-owner Lauren may answer them in a future episode. Find out more about this beautiful oasis of gaming goodness in Brooklyn, New York at 20sidedstore.com. That's 20, full word, sided, like sides, and store, like a place you buy stuff, dot com. Now, let's get back to the show. After I finished meditating, I opened the door and sit cross-legged kind of in front of the door waiting for my compatriots to come up and grab their bags before they come to leave. Uh, wow, Johnny, that looks pretty creepy. And uh, Okay, so I'm going to go over and lay down in your lap. Hi, Oatcake. We friends now? Yeah, we're friends now, right? She's doing reconnaissance. She's like looking up to your little askance. I take an apple out and I cut a slice and give it to Oatcake. She'll accept it. Okay, cool. Nice. I'm going to sit down on your bed and swing my legs. Then you hear a shave and a haircut knock on your door. The door's open, Tracy. <laughs> I say, you hello still hear the knock. <laughs> Come in, Tracy. As you guys are talking in Johnny's room, you hear the door of the bar slam and a quick steps up the stairs. And Alonzo is breathing extremely heavy. He says, oh, my God, guys, uh, this is no, this is. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so when I asked for uh, for just one person, just for Evan, um, the, sh- the representative said, no, that's cool. Here, you can have somebody else. I'm going to send my most capable person with me. And uh, they sent Callie, uh, too. Um, so uh, I don't, I know, that this might be, like, discriminatory, but she, I don't like her in my bones. And this seems like a bad idea. 
I think your bones are right. Oh, good. I'm glad about my bones. Alonzo, Alonzo, your inherent racism towards tieflings aside. Uh, well, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for letting me check my privilege. Okay. You might not actually be wrong in this case. Be on the lookout for Callie tonight, but also tieflings are just fine. Okay, all right. I will reconcile those two things in my head. Here's, we have VHS too. Here's the thing. Well, guys, 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 guys. Not all tieflings. Guys, guys. Okay, you can, pamphlet for you guys, you can burn me about my privilege later. I have Come on. Um, so here's the thing, though. I think that if we don't take the, she- the, the boats that the representative gave us, we don't have to bring them with us, though. I have an idea. I've been talking. I talked to Hephaestus, and he has a boat we can take across the river instead. But we got to go, like, right now and get out of here before they come down here. Let's go now towards Jamie, get Hephaestus to hold them as long as he can here at the bar. And then, you know, they're going to come looking for us. But let's get to Jamie and, like, warn him of Callie and the news we have. This sounds like we're headed for murder. Well, Tracy, you know, where, where murder goes, grace follows or something. Let's go. Oh my god! And Anara the- also takes a, a decorative pillow out of her bag that says that. Yeah, no, just a stew and needle points. Okay, you guys are hustling down the stairs. I approach Hephaestus and I ask him if he can do me a favor. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, what do you uh, what do you need? Evan, our good friend, and Callie, our apparently not good friend, are coming in soon. They're going to be looking for us, and they'll get to us. So don't worry. But I want to reward them. I want to give them a prize. They've been great to me. I want oh, you to get oh, them. You, oh, you want to reward them. And Hephaestus winks with his third eye. Cool. So you catch my drift. I am the bartender of a bar called The Giant Mistake. Yeah, I, I think I got it. And uh, you can put it on the tab for the rooms. Um, you know, I, I'm going to need some uh, some stuff up front. How much is it? Um, Before I can answer, I put five gold pieces on the bar. Uh, make that ten. I look at Johnny. Tracy puts 15 gold pieces on the table. God damn it. God so, damn it. All right, sold to the robot bidder. Okay. Gold pieces for 10. And, uh, and half the, the longer they are here drinking their buckets of wine, the happier we will be. Sounds good to me. I got you. Tracy puts another five gold pieces oh on the Oh, my table. God. Nice. Like, <laughs> and I, I take him by the wrist. Come on, Tracy. Come on. Uh, what so are we doing? We're going to hoof it towards Jamie now. Well, let's Front door? go out through the back because they're going to probably be coming through the main uh, entrance. Main yeah. entrance. And so then we'll, we'll run kind of down the alley parallel to the river and then cut over where we think Jamie is. All right. Y'all hustle out of the back of the tavern and run down to the riverbank. You do not see anyone there right now. And it's starting to get dark. I say, Jamie? Jamie? Hey, hey, Johnny, just, just cast a little light over the water there. Over the water? He's in the river, right? He walked into the river, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, I thought he walked in the river to kill some of the fish. I mean, in my head, he was there all night. But he oh. probably went home. He's half dead. Where is he going? Well, for the other half to, like, live. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys are arguing about Jamie's living quarters, you hear from the river, Polo! <laughs> And you see the sword, like, slowly peek out of the water. I turn to John and I say, told ya. <laughs> God damn it. As it comes up and up, it gets slowly more in flame. And Alonzo is enraptured. He turns to Inara and says, um, I'll give you a hundred gold pieces if you steal that for me. Uh, let's see how this night goes, Alonzo. <laughs> I'll give you two hundred gold pieces if you steal this for me. 
Make it five and uh, I'll see what I can do. I will give you 500 gold pieces if you steal this for me. Cool. Let's see. Tight, 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 tight. Also, that's like the amount that Tracy gives away for like random crap. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> you need to be asking for way more. Uh, Jamie, we're going to move things forward just a little bit. There are kind of people coming after us, city guard. Long story. We think we have to oh, kill her. Oh, yeah, city guard? Oh, yeah, we're going to go murder them, right? Uh, We're going to murder one, but not the other one. No, we're not going to do that at all. We're going to M-U-R-D-E-R one, but not the other one. I can fucking spell. <laughs> Jamie. It turns out we have allies in the guard, but we have enemies, so we will take care of the enemies, but first... I also know euphemisms! <laughs> who, who, is, who do we trust? We trust Evan, and we trust Valentine. And Tom. Tom well, is neutral at best. Well, he also doesn't talk great. I trust Tom. Yeah, yeah, I trust Tom. And, uh, and Callie, super duper bad guy. As you say Callie's name, you see his eyes ignite in flame. Real flame well, at this point. It says, Callie? Callie's still here? Yeah. Well, where should she have gone? She should be dead. She's the one I'm murdering. Good, good. We're all on the same page. Cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. Question. What would happen if we fed the sacrificer to the bone whale? Jamie starts to nod his head, and Alonzo's like, he has half a face. (laughs) (laughs) I will let Alonzo and Tracy distract themselves, but I'm going to step closer to Jamie and say, no, 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 but like, would it, would it, I don't know how any of this stuff works, but it seems like if you, if you feed the sacrificer to the thing that they made, maybe it'll like bust the magic out. Listen, I don't care. I just want to do it. Maybe we don't want to further sacrifice anything, but we can do some murdering. Fine. Hold on. Just just before we even discuss murdering. Alonzo says, man, they're they're like right here. They're they're I they're really close, guys. Do you have a way out of here, Jamie, towards where you think the headquarters of the Blackfish is? I mean, they don't have a headquarters. They're where do they meet? Of, um Where were you sacrificed? I mean, I guess um down at the sailing school. Let's go to the sailing school. Let's go. Let's go. You guys all book it on the opposite way towards the state house where you think Ev and Callie are coming from. And you make it like half a mile of just like straight sprinting. Halfway through, I'm like, John, are you good? No. <laughs> Johnny, make an athletics roll. Uh, 13. Yeah, you're a little bit behind but, and you're sweating profusely, but you're keeping up with everybody. You're fine. Every few seconds while running, I cast press the digitation on me to wipe <laughs> off the sweat. <laughs> that seems like an efficient use of energy. <laughs> yep. Jamie stops in front of a rickety dock that runs pretty far out into the river. And there is a pretty small shed right on the dock. And you see a bunch of sailboats locked up for the night. Jamie is, like, physically angry. Like, he's clenching his hands, and his eyes have not stopped being aflame. They're all actually just getting brighter and brighter. Does the sword burn brighter when he's mad? Yeah, the sword is also getting brighter and brighter as well. Jamie is also, like, holding the sword at attention. Now, it is like he's ready to slash and kill. 
He's like, it's here. I remember it now. That's where they threw me into the mouth of this Adamad damned whale fish monster thing. We're going to go in there. We're going to mess it up. Hey, 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 Jamie, where did you get that sword from? I'm what? What? I, I'm this is my purpose here. I don't have quite time for questions. As we wait for them to find us, where'd you get that sword? Um, I, I woke up with it. I was holding it. Or we're going to go in the shed, we're going to wait for them to show up, and we just murders. As a reminder, Evan, don't murder. Callie, definitely murder. As a reminder, no one murder, no one. We're mur- murder. We're not, Jamie, we're not going to murder someone. Guys, there, there's fish. I don't care about murder. There's a, there's a, uh, the ships, like five of them, five sailboats right there. I thought we were going across the river. We're going to take care of one of the three problems tonight. We might as well try to take care of the blackfish tonight, since we're here. But let's go inside and see what the sacrificing altar must look like. All right, I'm, I don't, that's not my bag. I'm going to set up one of these, one of these sailboats. Okay, but you cannot leave. I'm not. I, we're, this is the thing. I'm doing the thing. We're working together. I got it. Listen, guys, let's set up a sailboat. Let's go into the shed. Let's hide and wait and talk. For example, a not dead Callie has more information than a dead Callie. You know me. I'm very in favor of murder. I think first we should tie her up and, and ask her some questions about the blackfish and how to shut down this bone whale for good. Make a persuasion check. 12 plus 3 for a 15. All right, they're ready to be murdered at the end of this. And uh, Jamie kicks in the door with a loud crack and runs inside. What's the light situation? It is super dark, <laughs> except for Jamie's sword. Okay. I cast light on the staff as well, just for, like, more light, just because, you know, me. I'm the light guy. I'm going to jump into a sailboat with Alonzo and help him set it up real quick. Tracy's falling as close as he can behind Jamie, within an arm's length. And I'm following behind them. I also have dark vision for 60 feet. I know I do the whole light thing, but like, just a reminder that I probably can see what's in there. Me too. Okay. Anara, you and Alonzo are trying to set this up as quickly as possible. Yeah. Neither of you are very good with boats. Listen, I like to believe that after stealing that Antopolis Sailing School t-shirt and my formative experience with Captain Alex, that I at least remember how to set up the sailboat. We're gonna both going to do intelligence checks. All right. <laughs> Two plus five for a seven. Uh, Alonzo got an eight. So you guys <laughs> All right. together, All right. you're just like looping ropes through wherever the <laughs> hell they go. And like sails are going every which way. And you are not getting this thing ready. But do they news? think they're doing a really good job? You guys think you, Alonzo is so sad. He's like, man, I've never done this this quickly before. I'm so glad I have help. The good news is, is that there's four other boats, so you're going to mess this one up, and that's yeah, fine. You'll yeah. probably tie it to the dock somehow. <laughs> Don't give and, him ideas. <laughs> but you have four more to try. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I am, though, to be clear, I am keeping watch on the top of the dock to make sure that once people start coming or I see lanterns or something, we can dash into the shed. Before we left, we should have made a, hey, make this sound as a warning. Well, we're not that smart. You're not that smart. We're not good at this, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. As Jamie kicks the door in, Johnny and Tracy are quick behind him. And you get a quick survey of what's going on with your better light situation. This is like a reappropriated dock area. Like the shed leads directly into the water. 
So you could, like, if you're working on a boat in here, you could just push it into the water when you were finished with it. And it comes right up into the beach. Or you could just throw your sacrifices in. They could be reappropriated for that. It could also be a nursery. (laughs) (laughs) As you get a look around, you see that this thing has been reappropriated quite well. There are jars of oil and fat everywhere. Some of them are actually still burning. If you get a whiff of them, they smell like fish. There are just swords, like, thrown around on the ground and covered in somebody's blood. They're not really sure whose. There is an altar right in the center. At first, you think that it's made out of stone, but you get a better look as you get closer and as Jamie nears the altar in the center, and that is bone. They've reappropriated an altar out of whale bones and some whale skeleton, this massive thing that can barely fit inside of the shed. It, like, cracked bones off to, like, make sure that it fits within the ceiling. And also, that is pretty bloody as well. Written all over the walls in oil and fat and in blood and carved into the walls are the words whale and save us. It's over and over and over again. And it's written, Johnny, as you can see, it's written in common and in elvish and in Dwarven, even in Sylvan, and a bunch of other languages that you can read, but you do not know where it is from. (laughs) It's like it's also sort of like a storage area, so like people have like robes hung up, and on top of those robes they have those necklaces that the representative warned you about before. So, so Jamie, it it looks like this whale is on the same mission as you, huh? Uh, Jamie's not listening. He's starting to destroy things. He's pulling jars of oil down and starting to light them on fire with his sword. I'm going to run at Jamie and try to grapple him. I got a 15 plus 3 for an 18. Uh, Jamie rolled a 3. So, yeah, you got him. How do you hold him down? I grab his arms and kind of put him behind his back and push the back of his knees down and get him on the floor and hold him down as firm as I can to the ground. And I say, Jamie, you're going to stop now, okay? Jamie, we just need to know what they're doing so we can undo it. So let's just relax. And then I'd like to derive understanding of like what was the purpose of their actions now that I see exactly how they've done it. Were they summoning the whale? Did the whale appear first and they're praying to it, asking for help? Sure. Roll your religion. 18 plus 5. Johnny, you've done some research of cults in your study as a monk guy. I might be in one. That's true. Entirely possible. (laughs) So you're starting to put together everything that you see here. There is nothing here about summoning. You don't see any, any summoning rituals. You don't see any sort of sacrifice and something that would need more of um a step-by-step process, like to bring something forward, whatever this ghost monster is. All this stuff looks to be just straight-up sacrifices. Like, they're trying to get the favor of the bone whale. Also, you realize that that's connected to what people said about Zuby. Zuby freaked out because he saw the bone whale, and nothing is real to him anymore. So, that was the cause and effect. The giant freaked out because it saw the whale, and now these people are praying to the whale to save their city. I would also say you're starting to see pictograms of some other things. There are fish skeletons, which match the fish that bit you in the butt, and weird birds that match the messed up bombolates that you keep seeing flying around. 
Tracy, this is why you have to stick to a good religion, like that of the Trinity or the Undying Light. I'm a little busy with Jamie right now. And Jamie is struggling. He is so angry. Could you maybe, like, take the sword or something and be helpful? Hearing the commotion, Inara is going to run toward the shed, dragging Alonzo behind her. Say, so, well, we didn't set up the we didn't set up the come sale. Come on, come on, come on. We'll do it. We'll do it. Come I, on. Are you okay, Anara, make a perception check. Ooh. Nineteen plus four. We're gonna come nice. back to you, Johnny. Keep going. It's okay. It's okay, Jamie. I think you're right. We do have to burn this place down. Can you please, for the love of Automat, get his sword away from him? We're gonna need him. As soon as these people show up, Tracy, just just hold on. Jamie, could you wait to destroy this place until they come? Oh, you mean burn the whole place with them in it? That nice, will not nice, be nice. happening. Nice, nice, nice. How okay, about yeah. we first talk to them, and then we burn the place down? I was promised burning, and I'm already getting held down by your robot guardian The here. burning will happen. My name is Tracy. Robot guardian it is. The burning will happen, but it has to be done on our terms. You're already half dead. We want to stay full alive. Let's not make any mistakes tonight. Persuasion roll, please. 17 plus 8. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Jamie stops struggling against Tracy's and says, There better be burning. Anara, in the glint of the starlight, you see a horn you recognize. About half a mile out, back from when you started sprinting, you see that horn. And there are two figures. Callie is leading a bound and hooded figure. So I'm going to drag Alonzo into the shed, into the open doorway, and say, uh, guys, Kelly is T-minus two minutes out from here. Let's sit down, be quiet, and wait to spring them when they come into the shed. Alonzo says, let's go. Then Let's go before they show up. What are we doing? And Jamie says, we're going to burn this whole place down. That's the hell we're doing. Yeah, we're going to catch them surprise, we're going to catch them in the shed, and we're going to bind them and make sure that they tell us everything we need to know about destroying this thing. Inara, I'm trusting you. Thanks, Trace. So, I think we have to surround them. I say two people hide in the boat closest to them, like, hide, like, in it in a way that they can, like, jump out once they approach the door. Mm -hmm. And then whoever is left is in the shed itself, so we corner them. Someone should wait outside the shed in case they escape and start running back up the dock. Right. So the plan is we're going to have Tracy still not move and grapple holding Jamie. Okay. We're going to have Inara inside the shed because it's nice and dark and she can use that to her advantage. Johnny is going to turn off all of the lights that he has. Mm -hmm. But because he's outside, hopefully he's not freaking out too much. With Alonzo in like the nearest boats, just hiding and because Callie's not expecting us and we're being quiet. Hopefully mm -hmm. she just goes straight to the door. As soon as she reaches the door, we jump out and we surround her and her hapless victim. Before we split up, I'm going to say, guys, this is what I do. I'm going to take the first shot. If I fail, Tracy, you have to let Jamie up. No. Uh, very well. If I fail, Johnny, do something. Right now, as we're preparing, I'm casting Shillelagh on my core staff in case I need to do something like bonk related. And then, yeah, I'm going to take whatever supplies that are around that could help me hide and Alonzo hide in one of the boats. And right. we set ourselves up in one of the boats, like right in front of the shed door on the dock. Right. Alonzo's cool with this. He's OK. He likes the plan. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen, I'm just glad we're doing something like, oh, fine. OK, let's do it. 
This isn't my first rodeo, kid. Stick with me. You're a rodeo clown. Got it. <laughs> Anara, you're inside the shed? I'm going to wait just inside the door of the shed. Okay. Anara, make a stealth roll for me. Big money. 15 plus 6 for 21. 15 plus... Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the DC wasn't that high. It was just like, I want you to take your position and you have a clear shot. Yes. Johnny. Alonzo and I have grabbed enough equipment to make it look like just someone forgot to unpack a boat, and we're going to put that equipment on top of us, and hopefully it'll make us look cool and boaty. First, before we make a stealth roll together, Johnny, it is so dark outside. Yes, it is. And you are a little shaken. Yeah. I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. That is a seven plus five. Oh, I thought a... that was a one. Oh my god! No, it's not. No, thank God. Okay, Ooh. even though the night is dark and full of terrors, you think upon the undying light, and you are not scared of the dark for now. Cool. Let's make stealth rolls. Let's do it. That is a sixteen plus two for an eighteen. Okay, Tracy, let's do a strength contest to see if you keep holding Jamie. All right, I'll give you advantage. I threw my dice under the table. Is that bad? Yeah, probably. Thank God for advantage. That was a two. 14 plus three for 17. Oh, yeah, you got it. Jamie struggles against you and says, let me go. This is all I'm here to do. Stay down and you won't get hurt. It's not me. It's not me getting hurt that I'm worried about. It will be you. Anara, you see Callie leading the hooded figure is about 30 feet away at the beginning of the dock. And they're walking closer and closer, 25 feet, 20 feet. And that moment, Johnny, Alonzo goes, Ah, ah, Johnny, Johnny, I have to sneeze. Don't Uh, do it. Don't you dare sneeze. Johnny, you have to help me out with a sneeze. I put my finger under his nose in a Looney Tunes-esque maneuver. Make a dexterity roll. 18 plus 3. Yeah, and as you put your finger there, Alonzo <laughs> whole, has, his whole, has his mouth open and he's like, huh? And he's, he freeze frozen in place. Yes! Okay, great. Cool. Good thing I watched Looney Tunes as a kid. Or Johnny, Johnny did. did. <laughs> and I'm just watching this from the doorway being like, I can't... all right they're 15 feet and 10 feet away and callie shifts the body that she's leading behind her so she's holding with one hand onto the person she's leading and she's starting to reach out towards the door as soon as she is within six feet of me i'm going to tackle callie and attempt to pin her to the dock holding my dagger to her throat All right, she's surprised, so I'm going to give you advantage, but this is going to be a a grapple. So she's going to contest it using her athletics as well, okay? Okay. I got a seven. With Uh, advantage? advantage. Got a 12. Anara, you get the jump on Callie, and you try to wrench her the arm that she's reaching out to the door with behind her back, but she's just too strong for you. Even even as you surprise her, her instincts kick in, and she pulls the body that she's been leading in front of her and pushes it into you. So you're just getting tangled up with this person who's being led. 
and just pushes you forward back towards the shed. Seeing this, I take my hand off of Alonzo's nose. <laughs> and he goes, chew! Did that get the attention of the... <laughs> yes. And it's... Thank you. No, it's so goddamn smart. <laughs> this is, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> this, is, this was my ready to action, it's amazing. <laughs> and Alonzo sees the go, chew! And Callie looks up and looks towards the sailboat that you two are hiding in. After Alonzo sneezes, I push him up and we both show ourselves on the boat and I shove him towards Inara to, so that he can help Inara and the hooded figure. And then to Callie, I go, how about you and I become friends? And I give her the good old finger guns and cast charm person at her. All right. What does that do? The target needs to make a wisdom save. It says with advantage if fighting with me or my companions, which is true. The wisdom save is versus my... Spell save, which is at this point, 14 plus 1. 15? All right. Yes. <laughs> um, Callie is reaching towards a broadsword that she has clanging against her hip. And she's starting to pull it out. And getting ready just to slice everybody up, especially Alonzo, who's now stumbling towards her. And then she stops. And she says, I mean, I haven't had many friends before. Friend, it's been an age. It's been an age, Johnny. Mechanically speaking, she is now friendly towards my friends for an hour. At the end, she will know she was charmed. Okay. Inara, who's, who, who's that you're tussling with? I am going to rip the hood off of this hooded figure. Who's that Pokemon? It's Ev. Hey, knew it. I, I was like, where, where am I? What's happening? Uh, it's, I, I got. What's that thing when someone does something that you don't want them to do? Yeah, no. Ev really totally, see? totally kidnapped. But you're fine now. You were gonna be sacrificed. Now you're not. Don't you worry. And I'm gonna cut the ropes binding his hands with my dagger. Oh yeah. He rubs his wrists and he's like, I saw a bunch of people do that after I locked them up for stuff. I thought that was cool. I walk Callie to the boat that Alonzo and Inara had been messing with, and I sit her inside and talk to her there. Alonzo, make sure Evan's okay. Hey, Inara, come with me. Alonzo opens his arms wide to Evan, and he's like, my boy, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is crazy. I sneezed, and then everything went crazy. And Evan's like, man, I, I sneezed, and then I got kidnapped. <laughs> and they talk about how they sneezed, and bad things happened to them for a while. Kelly, my friend, how are you? This is a gorgeous evening. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was going to do some sacrificing, um, but things, no things turned, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I haven't been this vulnerable with somebody. I just like keep all this inside. Hey, it's okay. No, and it's it's hard. It's hard to be a woman in the in the field of assassination and badassery. I, I, I get you. Yeah, man. I mean, everyone's just like, oh, like, uh, I, you're not able to do it because you're a woman. Why don't you pass me that sacrificial dagger because you're a woman and make me a sandwich? And no, I'm like, it's like, damn if you do, like, damned if you don't. Totally get it. Totally Men get are it. the worst. The worst, right? Am I right? Men are just the worst. Man, men are the worst. That's why I only kill men and sacrifice them to the bone well. Oh, oh my god, what? Uh, why? What's uh, that like? You know, like feminism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, why? I call it third wave feminism because, like, the waves, like, of the fish, of, like, yeah, the yeah, bone yeah. whale. Yeah. Like, one, two, three, whale. So, what? Third why, wave. But my question is why do you think sacrificing people will bring happiness and joy back to Antopolis? Um, I mean, what else can we do? I. This whole city was run by a by a stone giants. I 
is that any crazier than a, a bone whale that came out of a, of a portal in the middle of the night? So you think it's good that most of the city is either flooding or or just hasn't had infrastructure for a while? No, no, no. That's no. I'm trying to fix that. the 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 whale came out of nowhere. I mean, the whale showed up when the second star went out. Like it's it's crazy. All of this is crazy. Come on, killing people and sacrificing it to a whale that showed up out of nowhere is no weirder than having a stone giant, the most reclusive monster in the entirety of history, running a city. Did the water stop before the bone whale came or after? No, no, no. Here's, here's what happened. The bone whale showed up unrelated, Zuby freaked out, and then everything went to pot. So you're just trying to bring normalcy back. Exactly. Hey, I knew you would. I knew you would I get understand. It. Listen, you and me, we're sisters. Anara, we're all sisters here. Johnny, I'd call you an ally, but the sentiment stands. <laughs> <laughs> what if there was a happy medium? One where Zuby isn't in control, but one where the whale isn't killing people and you aren't killing people. I mean, the whale is going to kill people no matter what. what the bone mean? whale gains its power from... Having the unworthy be thrown upon it and its its prey, its uh, its bait. We are just but bait for the ghost whale, the ghost whale, the bone whale, the baki kujira to save us. And I am its worthy fisherman. What if everything could go back to normal? Everything could go back to the way it was if we relocate, rehome, maybe kill the bone whale. You're gonna kill the bone whale no 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 no. you know what we're gonna do did you see a movie called star trek 4 return of the whales uh no i must have missed that one let me let's do this who else is one of the chosen few you know the blackfish uh okay uh well i mean i'm leading it it's me um and then um the dwarf guy who's like really anxious he's uh he's one of them too um, we lost the other two, though. I mean, you were there. You saw it. Yeah. It was uh, like uh, the one with the golden helmet and the other one who ran off. I don't remember their names. Man, I'm sure. Um, yeah, they, I mean, that's who I was getting to and do Geneva. It. Who? Gen- Geneva. Oh, no. Screw that guy. He's just, he's just, he's just a butthole. Um, but, I, you know, whatever. And then, uh, you know, the other ones, they died. But they weren't with us. I mean, I guess anyone who's a sacrifice is uh, kind of with, with us. But. Unwilling partners, I'm sure. How about you and Tom Boren? You guys travel with the whale. Meet new followers. Sacrifice other people. Just not here in Antopolis, where it doesn't seem to be working. I think we all know it would work somewhere else. No. Nah. I mean, I work here. This is, I'm part of the city guard. Kind of a big deal. Uh, and there are so many problems here that we just need to take care of. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I know we're bros and we're like sisters ride till we die but um you know this is just gonna keep gonna happen i don't know so you're saying you're not gonna see the light in this situation uh i guess well i mean it's nighttime but i yeah i guess so okay i look to inara basically i've heard all the information i need to hear and i give her the signal of my finger across my throat and i actually am gonna walk off the boat hey kelly if we want to protect the bone whale what do we need to look out for what what is dangerous to the bone whale? What do we have to make sure that, that nobody does to, like, kill it or something? I mean, uh, probably well, it's a ghost. So, like, bad ghost, like, damage would be bad. Um, things that ghosts don't like. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, there, we've thrown a lot of things in there into its mouth, so there might be something inside that probably didn't agree with it or whatever. So we, I only feed him the choicest <laughs> cuts of person, if you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, no armor, uh, no swords, uh, like no magic items on him. Just make sure that they don't doesn't eat that thing. Like it's my pet. You wouldn't eat, let your dog eat like a sword. Johnny looks to Inara, nods his head, and starts untying the boat from the dock. Uh, thanks, Callie, for that info. Hey, do you do you know is the bone whale sleeping right now? Like, can you see anything out there on the water? Guys, man, come on, rain. We, you've been here. You saw it happen. It was raining. It needs to be raining. It only comes out when it's raining. No, I'm saying right, like like right now. Like, how does the weather look to you out there on the other side of the river? Callie turns away from you and just like looks out there. And I'm going to slit Callie's throat. So eight plus two plus six for a sixteen. Okay. Yeah, you know what, Amanda? What does this look like? Right now, I'm kind of crouching in the prow of the boat a couple feet away from her. So as she turns around, I'm going to stand up as if to look over her shoulder and then very swiftly and efficiently cut her throat. As Callie turns away from you, you, you just do it. Here's the surprising part for you. It's a lot easier than you thought it would be. You, like, pushed Geneva before into the river and he sank down, but... This is your first time killing somebody, and God, it's like, it's really easy. And you might be pretty good at this. I feel as if I see in my mind exactly what is happening next. So I wipe my dagger on her prone back. I step out of the boat. I open my pack and take out the two scrolls that I got before we left Fidopolis, put them in the boat, and cut the rope tethering it to the dock and push it out to sea. The boat rides the waves of the river, and it gets caught up with the current and lists a little bit to the left. And as the boat rides the waves of the moving water, you see a mass collect under the water, even in the low light of the moon and the stars. And then one of those bone fish jump into the boat, and then another, and another, and then it's just piles and piles, and so many of these fish start to devour the boat, piece by piece by piece, and it starts to sink, and it's gone. What are we going to do about Tracy? Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The Party doesn't stop here. 
The day after every episode comes out, we publish The After Party, where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.